Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor Q&B. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. We're joined this half hour by Katrina L, senior economist at Moody's Analytics. And uh, Katrina, we heard there earlier a lot of central bank action this week. I, I want to start with the Fed. 75 basis points seems pretty baked in at this meeting. But, you know, we heard in the news there, possibly we've got uh, peak rates at 5.5% in the US. Where do you see things topping out and when? So we're expecting, as you say, um the, the 75 basis point hike this week is, is pretty set in. And then after that, we'll get a, a 50 basis point hike likely in December. And then we will slow it down to 25 basis points thereafter for a few months. I mean, what at this point, I mean, beyond this week's meeting, it really is going to be data dependent, particularly what happens with uh, US labor market data and also, of course, that inflation print. I mean, we're still seeing in the US that while the labor market you know, has lost a little bit of momentum, it's still incredibly hot. And, you know, that's causing a lot of discomfort for the Fed because they're really trying to take the the wind out of those demand side pressures. I mean, the supply side pressures are, are easing a little bit, but it's the demand side that's really being problematic. I mean, wage growth, for instance, is still incredibly high, running at around 5%. And they really would like to bring that down to, to more about a 3.5% range. And so there's quite still a, a lot of work to do. And so it will be interesting to see how the labour market really responds as those earlier hikes really start to materialise and eventually, um, you know, take the take the heat out of the, the labour market over the coming months. Yeah, those jobs numbers due on Friday, and we still have companies complaining about worker shortages. But you mentioned CPI as well. Let's talk about that side of things. Uh, it's still running very hot. Where do you sense we are? Are we near the end of the beginning in terms of the inflation? flight or the the beginning of the end? (laughs) I mean, that's really the question that everyone's asking. I mean, I would say that we have already, you know, likely passed the peak in in US headline inflation. um, And we will see that that gradual cooling. And that's the the key point to note. It's gradual cooling. We're not suddenly kind of um, past the the point where inflation is, is, you know, you know, really elevated and beyond comfort levels, it's going to gradually cool. And it's really highly uncertain how, how you know, quickly it's going to cool down. But I think that the consensus is that it's going to be a gradual slowdown. And um, if, as a consequence, then the US has to enter recession, then I mean, so be it. But um, it's uh, certainly the risk that the Fed's indicated that they're willing to take at this point. Yeah, let's talk about that risk. Do you think it is receding or is it as possible, probable as it ever was? I mean, I think risks that the U.S. will actually enter a recession next year are only creeping higher. I don't think that they're they're receding by any um, means. I mean, the fact that at 
in a November meeting, we're still getting a, a 75 basis point hike from the Federal Reserve clearly signals that um, growth is the secondary concern for them at this point. So the fact that they are, you know, clearly signaling that inflation is the, the fight that they are, are really prioritizing, it means that um, a recession risk in the US is, is certainly still elevated next year. Yeah, there's uh, plenty of central bank action this week. Oh, we've got the Bank of England as well. We've, we've not got a lot of time left in, in this part of the program, but uh, I, I guess uh, Bank of England policymakers must be casting an envious eye across the Atlantic compared to the problems they have. Yeah, I mean, you definitely wouldn't want to be um, a central banker or a, or a policymaker in the UK at this point. But I think, again, a 75 basis point hike looks looks the most likely there. Katrina, you're here with me in Sydney and, of course, the, the big macro event in Australia this week, uh, the RBA making its decision tomorrow. It did surprise us last month with that 25 basis point increase, smaller than a lot of people were expecting. Are we going to get the same again? Is this the path ahead now? Yeah, our expectation is that we will see another 25 basis point hike from the Reserve Bank of Australia this week. Um, they have really slowed down the, the pace of of hiking. I mean, at the end of the day, they've already delivered a, a cumulative 250 basis points worth of hikes, which is a huge amount. And I think what they're doing now is, is slowing it down and seeing how consumers and businesses and the broader economy um, starts to digest those those earlier rate hikes because it's a huge amount and so it will take time for the full effect to to materialize I mean the the labor market is still incredibly tight um, it's not just a supply side inflation story in Australia domestic demand is is hot and they're waiting for that to cool and so they will continue to hike at that slower pace until they see that that slower um, domestic demand filter through. We are expecting inflation in Australia to peak not until the end of the year and just below 8%. So we're not through it yet. So why these smaller increases? Is, it, is the RBA at a risk here of making a, another error? I mean, earlier they said they wouldn't hike till 2024, yet here we are. I mean, that's a good question. And I think it really does come back to the fact that monetary policy does take time to, to fully materialise in, in the economy. I mean, we've already seen that the, the housing market has, has probably been the most responsive sector to, to the hiking. And now it will take time for those other areas to, to slow down. I mean, as I said, that the labour market's still tight. Consumers are still out there spending, but we do know that as the, the rate hikes filter through, consumers will increasingly retreat, but we don't think that they're going to completely retreat such that a recession in Australia materialises, but they, they will slow down. And so I think the Reserve Bank is, is really aware of the fact that there's a delay with the, the impact of their policy. In terms of things slowing down, let's just take a quick look at China as well. We've got PMIs for the month of October due out in a little more than an hour's time. A Bloomberg survey's got manufacturing PMI slipping back into negative territory, but you're expecting a modest expansion, right? Why is that? That's exactly right. So we're expecting that the official manufacturing PMI is going to just keep its head above water. So we're looking at a 50.3% um, reading for October. And the reason is that, I mean, we're seeing that the, the zero COVID policy is having, you know, a bit less of an impact on, uh, you know, domestic demand, but particularly on the, the manufacturing sector. We're seeing that it's a bit less disruptive. And so, that's really a response of the fact that policymakers are, are really, you know, gung-ho on their preference for more localised, sharp lockdowns to avoid the, 
the broader impact on the economy. And I think as long as they kind of keep to that that broad script, then while China's domestic headwinds will still be significant, it's not really going to going to go under or materially deteriorate, given how policymakers are, are really in that supportive mode, both on the fiscal and monetary policy front. It doesn't feel like it now, but you know, one day COVID zero will eventually end. It's just a matter of when. Uh, when do you think that might happen? And when it does, what sort of a rebound do you think we're going to see in economic growth in China? I mean, I can't see that policymakers are one day going to come out and say, all right, zero COVID is, is over. I think that it's going to be a, a more gradual transition. I mean, they've already moved away from extended citywide lockdowns to, to more a localised stance. And I think that it'll gradually just scale back over time. But in terms of when exactly we're, we're going to stop talking about the, the zero COVID policy, I mean, that would be anyone's guess and I'm not going to try and contribute to that. Yeah, it uh, does feel like it's a long way off at the moment. Just quickly, one other piece of data we're watching today, Hong Kong GDP, that's seen improve. Is this the start of a welcome trend? I mean, so we're looking at the advance estimate for Hong Kong's GDP growth to come in at a 2% Q on Q expansion. And that's a, a pretty decent result for Hong Kong. And that's coming on the back of the fact that trade with China is, is less disruptive as a result of the, the zero COVID policy, which really hit them in uh, second quarter. All right. Katrina Rao, Senior Economist at Moody's Analytics. Thanks so much for joining us on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.